Jesus plus nothing. 100% natural, no additives. Andrew Farley is celebrating your freedom in Christ. Call in and ask your questions at 877-655-6755. That's toll free at 877-655-6755. Via satellite from Texas, it's The Grace Message with Dr. Andrew Farley. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Grace Message. I'm Andrew Farley. So glad you're joining us tonight. That number, 877-655-6755. We've got wide open lines, room for you right now. Plenty of room, in fact. Three open lines. Go for it. Give us a call right now. You'll be sure to get in. Maybe it's a question tonight about a scripture passage. Maybe you heard something in church recently or I don't know, in a Bible study online, chatting with a friend in a coffee shop, maybe it was a social post, who knows, but if it's bothering you, you want to talk about it, let's make it a conversation together right now, 877-655-6755, and if you're a first-time caller tonight, you got to know we love it. We love to hear from our first-time callers, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're a veteran listener, maybe you've called in the past, uh, but it's been a while and you've got something new on your heart tonight, join us right now. Plenty of room, 877-655-6755. Well, we're going to start out tonight in Buffalo, New York, and we'll talk with John listening on WDCX. Hey, John, what have you got for us tonight? Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um I'm definitely not a scholar of Revelation, but several months ago, <clears throat> I was reading uh, chapter 22, 18 through 19, where John uh, writes a warning to those who hear the prophecy of this book, and if they add or subtract to it, what the consequences were. And I thought, well, wouldn't this apply to the whole Bible? Or is it specifically just about the book of Revelation? Mm, Yeah, okay, that sounds good. Great question. Appreciate that, John. Uh, You know, first of all, I would say, what kind of guy makes up his own scripture? And that's really what this is about. What kind of guy, what what frame of mind do you have to be in uh, to kind of write your own scripture? And so let me read this passage. That's what really is being addressed here. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. So what is he talking about? Well, he's saying there's a kind of person out there, a false teacher, who is going to attempt to say, you know what, God's word is not enough, and I have actually decided to add to it. And here's my new and improved scripture, another testament of Jesus, if you will, another epistle from me an apostle. And so an an imposter, a false teacher like that, would be adding to the word of God or taking away from it in some way. And clearly that person is not a believer. I mean, anybody who's 
in that frame of mind, they're not focused on the true message of the gospel. They're busy inventing their own message. So, yes, I, I think you could extrapolate this. I mean, the bottom line is he is talking specifically about Revelation and about the prophecy contained therein. But just think about the person who is a false prophet, who is a false teacher, who is adding to what the Scripture says. And that could be any sort of uh, addition that is on par with saying you've got your own separate revelation, your own different testament, all of that nonsense. So that's the warning here. Uh, and uh, I hope that helps clarify, John. Reach out to us again there on WDCX in Buffalo. Great to hear from you. Let's go now to Raleigh, and we'll talk with Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Dr. Farley. It's good to be on the line with you today. Um, kind of like you said earlier, I actually had a conversation with a friend today that I wanted to share with you, which is why um, I don't know if the person who heard my question was able to spell this right, but I learned a new word called uh, filioque, and I think that has something to do with Eastern Orthodoxy, because um, my friend is considering whether to stay Protestant or go into Eastern Orthodoxy, but he still has a lot of questions in between all of it and is, like, still researching it. Um, I did give you as a reference as well as, like, some really good stuff in the Greek, which I've learned just from listening to this show, which is awesome. But I wanted to get your opinion on, like, um, I really don't understand filioque. I'm like, like I said, I just learned that word. And then with Hebrews 10:14, um, I know you've talked about that being like a favorite verse because it's like we're forgiven because of an offering that lasts for all time, and it's like a one-and-done deal. But they apparently are saying like the word all time is mistranslated, which I actually looked, and I'm like, it looks like the verb tense in the aorist tense, which is that fun Greek tense that you probably know about, Mm -hmm. seems to say otherwise, and so I wanted to know if you could speak into those things so I could do some more research as, as well as just hear what you have to say. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Well, around here, Hebrews 10, verse 14 is one of our favorite, uh, and you look at this, he has perfected uh, concept here, and uh, clearly you've got uh, a, a phrase for all time. You can see it right there in the original language. So, uh, you know, when you've got a verb tense that can refer to a completed action or something that's occurred in the past, and then on top of that, you have a prepositional phrase, which is really adverbial. I mean, it's serving as an adverb. It says, for all time, which is describing the verb. Um, how long have you been perfected? Well, you've been perfected for all time. So... This is a slam dunk for the finished work of Christ. I, I don't know what kind of doubt your friend is casting on that or why he would even want to do that. Uh, let's think about the other possibility. Oh, Jesus didn't make you perfect for all time, so then what? Are you going to make yourself perfect? Are you going to improve yourself? Are you going to let Jesus do 50% and then you're going to do the other 50%? I mean, the other conclusion doesn't even make any sense. Uh, so the grammar certainly supports the idea that Jesus died one time, and by one offering or by one sacrifice, he has perfected for all time 
those who were sanctified. So, uh, you know, even even this phrase, those who were sanctified, uh, some people have translated it as those who are being sanctified, which is fine as long as you're talking about salvation. I mean, there are people being sanctified today as they hear the gospel and believe it, then they're sanctified. And then tomorrow, some more people are going to hear the gospel and then they too will be sanctified. But this sanctification here is not progressive. And I want to say that twice. This sanctification in Hebrews 10 is not progressive. If you go back four verses, you look at Hebrews 10.10. Well, that's just four verses prior. And what does it say? It says, by that covenant or by that will, we have been sanctified. Past tense, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So I would invite your friend not only to look at uh, verse 14, but also at verse 10 and look at it in context. Look at that package of verses. What is the author of Hebrews trying to tell you? Oh my goodness, Jesus has done something incredible. It is something that no Old Testament sacrifice could ever accomplish. In the Old Testament, you were forgiven progressively, little by little, year by year, again and again. At the Day of Atonement, you would get a year's worth of sins covered. And then next year, you'd go back. And then next year, you'd go back again. Well, Jesus did something better than all that. He put to a stop all of those Old Testament sacrifices by making you perfect for all time. No, you're not perfectly behaved, but you are perfectly forgiven and perfectly cleansed forever. So the grammar supports that, my friend, in verse 14, and the context supports that when you go back to verse 10 and look at the big picture. So I hope that helps. Uh, you know, I know you mentioned uh, this this word, filioque, or filioque. It's a Latin term, and basically... It means and the sun, and it, it refers to this controversy. The Eastern Orthodox Church has had a controversy, especially with the Catholic Church, and it's all about the Nicene Creed and whether this phrase and the sun should be there or not. Uh, but the bottom line is, look, I mean, the big picture of Scripture shows us God is is three persons, uh, and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we don't need to be falling at the feet of the Nicene Creed anyway. Uh, that's fun to recite and memorize if somebody wants to do that. Uh, but there's a reason that we've canonized Scripture and that we're looking to the writings of the apostles. And so, you know, that is, to me, smoke and mirrors, this filioque uh, debate the bottom line is that Nicene Creed, I mean, it's from the 4th century, and you can debate about whether something should be in the creed or not, but at the end of the day, it sounds like you've got bigger problems with your friend. I mean, he needs to understand the finished work of Christ. He needs to understand the total forgiveness that we have through Jesus and that we are not being forgiven progressively, little by little, or day by day, or sin by sin, but instead, we have been forgiven 
once for all. And that is the truth that will set us free. So, Brandon, thank you for calling there in Raleigh. And reach out to us anytime. All right, let's go now to Kentucky, and we'll talk with Travis. Hey, Travis, what do you got for us tonight? Hey, Dr. Farley, I just want to thank you for your ministry. It has changed my life, and um, I'm a pastor and a youth pastor, and Mm -hmm. I love the fact that I'm able to teach these young people the proper way instead of the wrong way and then having to retrain your mind you know what I mean? Yes. Um, a wonderful yeah. thing that, that you've just helped me understand context, context, context. So I appreciate that greatly. Um, BibleQuestions.com. I just want to brag on this. I know you guys have a lot of work going into that. Yep. And I, I just want to talk about it and brag on it because as a pastor, I've got a lot of different um, study materials. I've got the, the logos that, yep. you know, you, you pay a lot of money for. And I'll be honest, I think I use BibleQuestions.com more than any other tool for Bible study, you know, just to ask the questions, to put things in the context. And it has been such a great help to me uh, as a Christian and as a pastor just for studying God's words. So I would encourage people to get on there and use that. My big question, though, is have you have you all considered – um, making BibleQuestions.com into an app format to where yes. I don't have to get out of my browser on my cell phone, but I can just pull it up in an app and ask the questions. I don't even know if that's possible, but um, yes, I that's just, in process. That's yes, yeah, Travis. Well, thank you. I, I I really appreciate your encouragement, folks. If you don't know yet what Travis is referring to, well, you can go to BibleQuestions.com. And uh, he's saying that it's his number one resource for preparing. You know, people think it's just about getting your question answered, but you can prepare a Bible study there. Uh, you can ask it to write up a commentary on a particular verse or or paragraph in a passage. Uh, you can do so much at BibleQuestions.com. We've worked now for a year uh, getting this ready for the public. It has now released, and you can check it out yourself at BibleQuestions.com, and it uh, will answer any question, any Bible question in 10 seconds or less in 95 languages. And I just want to stress that because, I mean, even a couple of years ago, oh my goodness, if you wanted to reach the world in 95 languages, you would spend months and years with people translating sitting there in cubicles trying to translate your ministry material. Well, now, through technology, we are able to reach the world. We've got people in China asking Bible questions in Mandarin Chinese. We've got people in the Middle East asking their questions in Arabic. Uh, We have people all over Africa and Asia and South America All over the world, uh, people are asking thousands of questions every single day and getting instant answers that are centered on Jesus. We're leading people to the gospel uh, through their Bible questions. So, I mean, Travis, I love that you've called in about this because I, I don't think that all of our listeners are fully aware of what this is capable of. So, We just want to invite everybody, go to BibleQuestions.com, tell your friends about it, 
Uh, tell your pastors about it. If you're wanting to spread the grace message, if you're wanting to help people understand the finished work of Jesus Christ, well, this is one of the best ways on the planet to do that. You can tell them about BibleQuestions.com. And yes, we do have right now underway, almost ready, a BibleQuestions.com mobile app as well, Travis. So we are ahead of you on that. So glad that you brought that up because that's been something that we've been working on now for a few months. And uh, we will be releasing that very soon. So uh, check it out. It's on the web right now. Uh, BibleQuestions.com. You don't have to wait for that. Uh, It's available this moment and has been around for almost a year now. You can go to BibleQuestions.com and ask any question that's on your heart. So thanks, Travis. Reach out to us again anytime. All right, let's go to Mississippi, and we'll talk with Colin. Hi, Colin. Hey, Dr. Farley. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, what's on your mind today? So uh, my question is is uh, kind of, well, I just want to hear your take on what, what should a Christian do when they feel burned out. Um, an example I give you would be that just, like, I used to really uh, have a strong desire to pray for others and, 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 and you know, uh, that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. and. Not that I, I don't want to continue to do those things. It's just my desire is really low, mm-hmm. um, and I just feel kind of burned out in you know, a okay. lot of things. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I would do there is I wouldn't pray for them then, um, and that's okay. See, I, I'm afraid that you're not really burned out on God. You're burned out on legalism. And so maybe you were told, well, you got to pray, you got to pray this amount, you got to pray for this many people, you got to pray at four o'clock in the morning, you got to pray every day for somebody, uh, you got to make a list, you got to have a prayer chain. The more people that pray, you're going to influence God. La da 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 da. You get down the road with that, and you're burned out. Not burned out on who God really is. But burned out as you're looking at prayer as fulfilling a quota. And so I'm telling you, you're free. If your desire is low, let's just keep tabs on that desire and let's fuel up with God's grace instead. And then we'll see what happens. Give it a week, give it a month, give it a year. Fuel up on God's grace and you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked at what frame of mind you're in. You're so busy being told that you got to produce, you got to pray, you got to read your Bible, you got to get to church, you got to be there every time the doors are open, you got to share your faith, you got to do more and be more, you got to rededicate, recommit, try harder, do better. Then you get back a week later, how'd it go? Well, here's an altar call for you to promise to do even better this week. Now you can do even more. And so I would propose that you're not burned out on God. Because God is good, and God is all about bringing you that rest that he promised. He said, my yoke is easy. He said, my burden is light. But when you're burned out, uh, that's not because of something easy or light. It's because of something difficult and pressure-filled, something where you've experienced manipulation and pressure and guilt 
and you've tried to hit a benchmark and you've tried to do enough and somebody said they'd keep you accountable and then you go to the meeting and you you're, you're accountable and you give a report and then you go the next week or whether it's a church service or a bible study or an accountability group if it's legalistic then you're going to feel nothing but pressure and manipulation and you're going to feel this compulsory just this compulsive idea of i've got to do more and then that becomes the nature of god to you if you were to draw a picture of god he probably has a a legal pad in his hand he's holding a clipboard and he's keeping score up in the sky and he's looking at you and he's saying now come on colin when's the last time you did your quiet time now tell me i didn't hit the nail on the head there colin the last time you did your quiet time. Uh, we grow up with that lingo in the Bible Belt, you calling in from Mississippi today, me having spent my life in the South. I know exactly the kind of experience you have likely had. And so what I'm telling you is there's a whole lot of stuff in the Bible Belt that's not in the Bible. And I would just urge you to discern the difference. You are not burned out on who God really is but you're burned out on that clipboard mentality. You're burned out on looking at prayer as meeting a quota. You're burned out on trying to hit a benchmark. You're burned out on measuring yourself. So, you know, that was the first sin, wasn't it? The first sin was measuring themselves. They decided that they knew what was good and evil, and so they were going to eat of this tree, and then they measured themselves, and immediately they fell short in their own estimation, and then they got scared, and they went, and they hid in shame. And then God's question was, hey, who, who told you that there was something wrong with you? Who, who told you that you're naked? They had been naked for many years. Nothing was wrong with it. But all of a sudden, they decided that they were in the wrong, that they weren't right, that they needed to feel shame, that they needed to be fixed. Well, I would ask you tonight, Cullen, what if you don't need to be fixed? What if you're the righteousness of God? What if there is no clipboard? What if God's not measuring your quiet time or your prayer life? People will ask you that. How's your prayer life? Well, I dare you to find that in the Bible. You're not going to find prayer life in the Bible because Jesus is your life. So don't elevate prayer above Jesus. Prayer is not your life. Jesus is your life. I was 19 years old, I was on the floor of my apartment, and I said, Lord Jesus Christ, I may never do anything for you ever again. I was burned out, dried up, and miserable. I wrote God a letter. I said, God, I have decided if I never lift a finger for you in service ever again, I have decided to believe you, that you love me the same, that you really like me, that you just enjoy being with me. And see, when I came to that realization, I started to understand the gospel for the first time. Prayer is not my life. Jesus is my life. Witnessing is not my life. Jesus is my life. Church attendance is not my life. Jesus Christ is my life. And I'm telling you, Cullen, when we come to that realization, we're just getting started. So I'm really excited that you're burned out. I love hearing that because you're not burned out on God, not on who he really is. You're just burned out on Bible Belt religiosity and legalism. And I say, great, fantastic. 
Welcome to the real thing where your heavenly father is exactly that. He's a father. He's not a military drill sergeant. He's your father. And he loves being with you. And through your union with Christ, you're with him all day long. We're so focused on trying to spend time with God. I know you've heard that one. How much time are you spending with God? Well, how about this? You're united with Christ 24-7 without interruption. Wherever you go, there he is. The vine branches relationship, you in him and him in you. So welcome to the real thing, Cullen. It won't exhaust you. It will excite you. It won't burn you out. It will build you up in Jesus. For more information on the broadcast ministry of Dr. Andrew Farley, please visit andrewfarley.org. That's andrewfarley.org. Join us next time as we invite you to celebrate the grace message with Dr. Andrew Farley. This program is sponsored by your generous financial support.